Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. This is a special edition episode tonight. We try to do it once a winter. This is the ladies' night episode. So we're going to be talking to some of the ladies of Red Sox Nation, kind of getting their take on the vibe of what we're about to witness you know, could be a horror show. We we don't know. Could be comedy, could be epic. But so we're going to be getting into uh, a number of things. So we'll uh, we'll bring them in one by one. First in the in the leadoff position tonight is Gabby. She's hey been <laughs> listening to the show for a while, so she knows all about us. Yeah. And uh, so what's going on? Where where are you from? Generally, um, so I'm originally from Massachusetts. Um, I was actually born there, um, but I am now a Florida transplant. I have been in Florida for six years now. Um, the weather is definitely better down here, but you know, there's something about the Northeast charm that you know you can't replace. So, uh, as we all know, uh, you know, I'm in the South now. So, do you like Florida? Like, is it's not too uh, hot? Um, you definitely get acclimated to it. Uh, my first, I actually moved down in July, so it was really hot when I first moved down here and it was pretty miserable. But as the years have gone on, um, I've actually adjusted and I don't feel so hot during the summertime and I actually get cold during the winter, um, which is new for me. But <laughs> Yeah, I heard it was like. In spring training, like the the first week, it was like in the morning down in Fort Myers, it was like in the forties. <laughs> like, and yeah, they were all it like, actually, it has been. It's been crazy. And the thing is, is like it can be in the forties, like during the night, and then during the day, it's in the eighties, and it's like a forty degree stretch, and everybody's allergies are like off the wall, and it's it's miserable. It's not a good time. I wish it would just pick one or the other, not both. So, so are you near the ocean or no? I'm pretty close. Yeah. Um, I'm about 15 minutes from the ocean. Not far at all. That's that's how it is for me in Myrtle Beach. I'd never swam in a warm ocean before. And it's like amazing. Yeah. It's like a bathtub. It's pretty, it's up, pretty in, weird. up in Maine. You dive in. You're in shock and you've got like seven minutes and yes. you're getting and out. Has hypothermia. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. The next contestant uh, is actually, uh, she runs our Instagram account, and she's actually embedded in the war room with us, so she gets all the raw reactions, the the frustration, lots of probably, I don't know, F-bombs and stuff we don't say on the podcast. She gets the, the authentic bastards experience. Lori, how are you? I am doing very well, thank you. Spectacular, you might say. Okay. <laughs> Positive vibes. And uh, where, where are you from? I am from uh, Connecticut. Not necessarily proud of that, but it is what it is. You shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so are you like in the, like the mesh zone? Because, you know, part of the state, it could be New York fans, could be Red Sox fans. Yeah, it's absolutely like a, a DMZ line. Okay. Like South Korea. Like and and it's mostly northeastern uh section. It's it's a divided line diagonal across the state. 
all of northeastern and eastern sections are all Red Sox, and the western and southwestern all Yankees. Got it. New yeah. York would be playing the role of North Korea in this. Uh, in this, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yes. that would be correct. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. And then the one holdover from last year, because she's my Twitter BFF, is Kayla. So how, how are you tonight? Kayla might be frozen. Doing good. Thanks for having me back on. There she is. It was probably the mute button. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. No, no, you're good. Charlie's been on this show for like five years and he can't remember to unmute, that. you know. So, yeah. So where's where's Kayla from again? So I'm from Massachusetts. Okay. Very mass hole heavy tonight. Yeah. You did you didn't escape yet yeah. like Gabby did. Do, do you want to stay in mass? Like, is that? No. Well, I did for a few years. Yeah, I, I escaped for a few years. I went to um, New Hampshire. I lived in Manchester for about three, three-ish years. And I moved back to mass to my hometown about five years ago. So okay, can't get away. Well, I mean, in some ways, there's there's no place like home. If I visit, it's going to be, you know, in the warmer weather. But all right. So I've got some just kind of break the ice type questions. Not that it feels like we really need to break the ice at this point. But let's let's just do it before we get into the baseball. Um, this is the easiest one of all. I'm going to be curious. I'm more curious about Lori's selections here. But we're going to stay in order. So Gabby, best two pizza toppings. What are they? Nothing weird. Come on. Oh, no. I, I heard you guys talk about this once upon a time. Um, <laughs> I like black olives on my pizza. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and I also like pineapple. So don't shoot me, but I, yes. My yes. girlfriend literally <laughs> ordered that exact pizza, and I, I almost had her arrested. Like, you, you don't put those two things together. Okay, okay, but like do you like cauliflower crust? Oh, come on. We're not e- we're not even eating pizza at this point. No, no, but you know, if you're trying to be carb friendly, what's a good way to do it? Okay. I think it's good. My girlfriend know. did do something with cauliflower. I couldn't remember what it was. It might have been in place of rice or something. Or uh mashed potatoes. Oh, that that's what it was. No, yes. that's exactly yes. what it was. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All I right. <laughs> so you kind of stole the thunder because I, I know Lori is of Italian uh, descent and yeah. pineapple is very polarizing. Wait, um, wait, wait. On that note, I actually, I just spent a week with a bunch of Italians. Last week I was up in Massachusetts and um, part of my married in family is Italian. Um, and they put eggplant on pizza and I was like, that is like serial killer stuff. Like, who does that? And they're all just eating it happily. And I'm like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah, that's too brave for me. But no, no, no. but go ahead, Lori. Let's hear it. Oh, well, okay. First of all, I am down with uh, bacon and pineapple. I'm totally That's okay mine. With- that's my go-to. I, I am very, uh, very well aware of this. Um, but... My Sicilian grandmother preferred anchovies, oh. and so that was a thing. 
that was a thing. But if I, if somebody said, let me buy you a pizza, um, gosh, and I live in Connecticut, so I'm not far from New Haven. So I got Sally's, I got Peppy's, I got Moderna Pete's. So I, um, I actually like garlic and spinach on a white pizza. It's pretty oh, yummy. man. I didn't think this was going to be so disgusting, <laughs> but Kayla, you got to save the day. Let's hear it, Kayla. Um. Well, Lori, I have to say, I I love the garlic and spinach. Cannot get enough garlic. Anytime I cook, if it says put two cloves of garlic, I'm putting in like six to ten. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but if I am ordering a pizza, um, I'm gonna have to say I will go for a caprese pizza as my go-to with balsamic on it. So what? What's Gotta have caprese? The balsamic, what's caprese? So that that has tomato basil and um, mozzarella it has cheese too but sometimes some most places they put like like the slices of mozzarella okay that that does sound interesting sounds kind of authentic even um but yeah all right next one this one could be an easy one cycling back to gabby here who is your favorite stand-up comedian oh matt rife Okay. I love Matt Rife. Honestly, he's he's great. I I only saw his most recent one, but I've seen like a million different clips on Facebook and he is really funny. Yeah, I actually I found him I think on Instagram, like maybe right before he got really big and I've just kind of watched it like explode and yeah, now I have come to the realization I'll never be able to afford to see him, but um <laughs> I think it would be really cool. Yeah, and he plays with the crowd better than any comedian I've ever seen. Yes, he does. I like that a lot. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Lori, if you have one, your favorite stand-up comedian. I know. I I, I, I feel like the – well, I'm the old woman of the crew, so it's like the this whole stand-up comedian thing is kind of not in my world anymore. But back in the day, I really liked – um, George Carlin, he was phenomenally brilliant, like super um, cerebral, and I loved that about him. But Robin Williams, man, I grew up with Robin Williams as the stand-up comic, and nobody's ever going to beat him. I'm sorry, but that's fact. There's just no one like him. I mean, he was just funny on the spot. Like, he could write his material on the fly right in front of you and it, not yeah. rehearse it, and it's still funny. My favorite bit he ever did, he was making fun of uh, Viagra. And he was like, he's like, he goes, people are having heart attacks on it and dying. And he goes, how would they even get the coffin lid closed? And he's pretending to be up against his friend's cotton uh, coffin. And he goes, he goes, good God, I don't remember Pete being that way. Kids, go get the horseshoes. <laughs> and it's like, just on the fly. He had one routine, um, Robin Williams live at the Met. If you've never seen it, please do yourself a favor and do that because it's awesome. Okay. Kayla, who's your choice? Who's your favorite? Uh, I actually am not big into stand-up comedy, um, but 
I will say I do enjoy Robin Williams. And funny story, when I was younger, about five or six, I loved Mrs. Doubtfire. Still love that movie. But uh, my great-grandmother took myself and my cousins to McDonald's, and I repeated back the um, scene in the movie where Robin Williams is mocking his coworker, and he goes, piss off, Lou. <laughs> and my great-grandmother <laughs> looked at me and said, she was like taken back and was like, what did you say? I had no idea that I said a bad word or anything. So I was just like, you know, scared. So, um, but yeah, I haven't really dived or, you know, don't, you know, dived into the stand up comedy. So I can do it for hours on Netflix. If I had a vote, Dave Chappelle just makes me laugh harder than anyone. So, you know, a little, little bit of controversy with him, but, but I say dumb crap all the time. Uh, all right. Here's, here's an easy one. This is, a, this is a layup. Gabby, your least favorite Red Sox player ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I really, really despise David Price. Oh, like, that's my pick. Wholeheartedly wholeheartedly could not stand him could not stand to see him go out on the field was so glad when he left so glad i hated him when he was a tampa bay ray and i hated him even more when he got here i just felt like he was a little crybaby you know i know and he would always try to play hooky whenever he was scheduled to pitch in new york yeah you know that's how you got a team player not a team player you got the whole Fortnite thing from that lori um, my, my old, the one in my past is Pablo Sandoval. I oh, just yeah. couldn't stand him. And my current one is Bobby Dahlbeck. And I can't wait for him to not be a thing anymore. Please make that happen. Somebody, anybody. Poor Bobby. But I feel you. I, I can't either at this point. He's, he's a nice guy. You know, David Price, just the sound of his voice, just kind of, you know. I heard Bobby's going to be the dark horse, though. That's what I heard. Oh, He's going to be the first this year. <laughs> and Josh- I, I mean, bless- sorry. No, go ahead, Lori. Bless his heart, but I, it just, I mean, he, A for effort, but get off my team because you're great in the spring training, but when it comes to being in the show, all of a sudden you get stage fright and it's just a, it's a poop show. So please, bye-bye. Go ahead, Kayla. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like every I feel like every year we hear that he's gonna be like the dark horse, or he's gonna make a team, or he's gonna break out, or do something, and then it's just nothing. I mean, oh yeah, I agree. Bobby Dahlbeck, not my favorite, not my favorite. Those are all really good choices, but I have to say, currently mine's Bobby Dahlbeck as well. I just wow seems like he's a nice guy. Probably would be cool to hang out with. Probably be cool to hang out with, but I, yeah, I don't think he's a good baseball player and I don't want him on my baseball team anymore. Just trade him to the Rockies where he'll hit moonshots. He'll be all or nothing, you know, like Kyle Schwarber, but, but just let him, let him go to a place where he can roam. He's a prisoner in Boston anyway. And, and as you can see on the show, he, you know, it pisses people off. So, all right, here we go. Yeah, he just needs to start over somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. All right, uh, here's a fun one. Gabby, Trump or Biden? Uh, that's 
a very touchy subject. However, um, if we're just going off of policies and not um, the actual people themselves, um, I would say Trump for sure. Yeah. All right, Lori. Uh, yeah, exactly. I uh, if it, if we're just talking policies, I'm going to go with Trump. Kayla. Terry, you would ask something like this, but I'm going to agree with the girls. <laughs> Clean sweep. Full disclosure. I think I'm the only Trump guy on the regular crew. I haven't pulled anyone else recently, but well, of course, Lori in the war room. But go ahead. Well, I think now the, uh, the other the guys should be stepping up a little bit, just putting, <laughs> throwing down the gauntlet, as it were. Yeah, we're 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 on fire tonight. Um, all right, here's this one could be a fun one. Gabby, most fraudulent excuse or reason you ever gave for calling out sick? Oh God. I mean, I have kids, so I just blame it on my kids most of the time. That's, oh, okay. Yeah, that's an that's easy one. So for me. handy. I don't think I got dogs. I don't think that would work. And you could say that you have to take them to the vet. Maybe they ate a sock. I mean, oh, you know, Gabby's giving me some ideas. Gotta come out somehow. Lori, <laughs> go ahead. Dude, you're taking me back. Like that is, I I can't even remember the last time I did that. But when I did. I feel like it was just the uh, the old food poisoning excuse that was usually my go to, um, but yeah, that was. I think that that's. I wish you would have asked, like, you know, how did you get out of your out of a ticket? Like, what's the best way that you got out of a ticket? Well, go for um, it. <laughs> well, I mean, I I just I've been honest when I've gone through like the DUI checks or whatever. Or if I've gotten pulled over, like, so do you know you were speeding? I completely got lost in my thoughts or I'll just tell the truth and usually I can get out of them, which is crazy. I didn't, I think Charlie uh, uh, said the same thing on a podcast recently. So yeah, I I vote for just being boldly honest. And I think it shocks cops more than anything. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. And they just let you go. Gabby. So I actually love that episode where you guys talked about the speeding tickets because as Charlie was telling his story, I was like, oh man, I've got such a good one. Um, because when I first moved to Florida, um, I'm talking like less than 30 days. Um, they have tons of school zones everywhere. Um, and there's also tons of traffic. And I remember I was pulling up, I still had Vermont tags at the time. Um, I was pulling out of my daughter's school and there was like a small break in traffic. So I gunned it and got into traffic and there was a cop right on the other side who nabbed me. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? So he pulls over. I'm shaking because I don't really ever get pulled over for anything. And he's like, you know, why I pulled you over. And I just like burst into tears. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm not even from here. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I didn't even know I was speeding. Like, I didn't know about school zones. Like, I'm so sorry. And he just felt so bad. And he's like, I just want you to know that this ticket is supposed to be $469. I was like, I don't even have a job yet. Like, what do you mean? I was so upset. And he's like, listen, listen. He's like, I can tell you're going through a hard time right now. Like, I, I don't think that you really meant to do this. He's like, the most I can do 
is reduce it to $169, which is the minimum for speeding in a school zone. I was like, thank you. I really appreciate that. He's like, and you could get it reduced more if you try to go, like if you go to the Florida driving school. I was like, no, thank you. I've seen how your people drive them all set. <laughs> Be like, I'd just get more tickets if I went there. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> all right, so Kayla, I'll let you go either way with that, work or cop-related. Uh, well, I feel like I'm pretty boring because I have never gotten a speeding ticket before. Um, work related, I've always been so scared of calling out. Um, and I never really had a reason to, but if I did, um, it was usually blamed on my car or my son. Um, however, when I was in college, I used to work at a hotel and I did uh, banquet serving. And, um, I also played soccer and every year we had a preseason where we had to stay sober for like two to three weeks. And so the first weekend we, we got back, we had just won a tournament, stayed out all night with my friends and I had to work at six in the morning and I didn't call out. I went to work and within 30 minutes, I was walked right out of work. And then I was called into HR the next day and told I didn't have a job anymore. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, my first job that I had down here in South Carolina, I got fired twice in the same week by the same company. So, <laughs> once on Monday, the last time on Wednesday. So, all good. <laughs> we, be we've fair, been there. Yeah. And to be fair, one of my really good friends at the time, um, who was out with me, he, he tried very, very hard to, uh, to get me to stay home and, and stay, you know, go to sleep. And I was very adamant about going to work. I didn't drive. I, a friend drove me cause I didn't have a car at the time. So, you know, I don't even see what the big deal drive. is in a, in a hotel banquet environment, you know, it's supposed to be a light atmosphere and, you know, bartenders drink sometimes, you know, so I don't see what the big deal is, but well, it, it it could have been a fact that I was walking around yelling that I was in pain. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, here's the last one. Gabby was the moon landing real. No, (laughs) absolutely not. But that's how we feel. Lori, go ahead. I plead the fifth. I don't know what kind of question that is. So we're going to check mark no next to Lori. (laughs) And uh, Kayla, go ahead. I feel like if I I said it wasn't real, my girlfriend would kill me. So I'm going to have to say it was real. (laughs) Really? Here's where I'm at with that. That was 54 years ago, okay? Mm -hmm. She's a huge space fan, loves aliens. Lori? I think I was 55 because I was born the year that it happened. 69? You're right. It it would be. I I don't know what month it is. You know, 2024 is still new, but this year it will be 55 years. But so put that on one side and then think just 40 years before that cars still weren't even commonplace yet in every American driveway. 
and somehow after 40 years from horse and buggy we're on the moon you know and and what have we done in the last 55 years i just i don't know you can like go down rabbit holes on tiktok with that and it's just like it's like convinces me even more but yeah that was the safest uh one i could go with uh in the conspiracy realm but all right let's get into it let's talk some red sox the team is still incomplete as we've been talking about on the show is there any way gabby this team can be competitive as currently constituted i think no but a small part of me is really like holding out hope that we're all going to be proven wrong. <laughs> I'm really rooting for that small, small part. But as it stands, I feel like we have too many missing pieces and the pieces we do have, I feel like we cannot rely on all of them. Um, and I feel like this is the least excited I've been about a season ever. Lori. Yeah, I'm keeping expectations very low. But I, I do have a question for the ladies in particular. Um, if I can uh, hijack this for just a second. Oh, yeah. Are we, are we at all open to Trevor Bauer being signed on to the Red Sox? Absolutely, yes. 110%. I wish we did it already. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't why. I don't, I don't understand why nobody has because he was cleared of everything. Right. We have people in the league who have done worse and we're proven guilty of that. So I'm not really sure what we're doing. We've got nothing else going on. So why the heck not? Yeah, that would. And as Terry has pointed out a few times in some past episodes, we we could sign him for cheap. Exactly, because yeah. he's just he's just trying to make his comeback. So he would probably take league minimum at this point, and you know, prove himself and get himself back out there. Yeah, that's that's my thought exactly. Is that he's been cleared of everything? Did he do stupid things? And was he silly? Yes. Hopefully, he's learned from all of that. It seems as though he has. I think that he needed to have a little bit of humble pie to kind of straighten him out a bit. But um, yeah, I'm I'm all in, and we could have signed him for cheap. I mean, the theory is that he would be um, box office poison, so to speak. But um, I, I just I would have liked to have taken our chance on it because it, there's other there's no rhyme or reason as to what the front office is putting together. They have this great vision, and that's fine. Let us in on what the vision is so we can at least understand what in the name of Sam Hill you're doing. And you say you say box office poison, but I mean, honestly, what are they doing now? Does any I mean, it's just it's all bad. See, I, I think I talked about this on a recent episode. Yeah, I don't even see the direction they're going in. Marcelo Zuna of the Braves was seen on police body cam with his hands around his wife's neck, verbally saying he's going to kill her. He was arrested, um, pled to a lesser charge, served his MLB suspension, and he's back in Major League Baseball. Trevor Bauer not only hasn't been convicted of anything, he's never been charged with anything. But there's a difference between Bauer and Ozuna. And that difference is Marcelo Zuna in the years leading up to that never trashed Rob Manfred publicly over policies, rule changes, and all that. Trevor Bauer has. 
So to me, that's why he's not back. That's exactly why. Lori. Yeah, I I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that that's your explanation right there and which is ridiculous. Like really you're it's just it's just ridiculous. And I it also makes me think of is it Herman on the Yankees that he also um has a litany of things against him as well and yet he's still in. Like how do you even equate that and explain that? There's no yeah, there's no logical sense to it. It's just a matter of pride, which is ridiculous. Herman has, you know, domestic abuse and substance abuse. I mean, how how much more toxic can you get? Right, exactly. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on Alex Cora? That's gonna be a borderline elephant in the room type thing all year. And um, that's probably mostly the Red Sox fault at this point. But how do you feel about it, Gabby? Are you pro Cora? Are you looking forward to the next chapter? I don't mind Cora, honestly. I think that he's really tried to do the best he can with what he has. Um, I think he's going to be looking to leave, and I don't blame him for that. Um, Yeah, I mean... I have nothing bad to say about Cora. Lori, thoughts on Cora? I'm kind of ambivalent about Cora. Um, I mean, he could stay or go. Yeah, okay, he's tried to do the best he can. I understand that. I do think it would be bad for um, the clubhouse culture if he were to leave. Um, I feel as though um, because he's bilingual and he can communicate uh, he can make his points clear, um, but is he my favorite? No. I mean, I still hold the torch for Tito, but those days are long gone. <laughs> Kayla? Yeah, I I don't hate Cora, um, but I also wouldn't be sad, you know, to see him go. I also don't think that he wants to stay with the Red Sox. I mean, I think he's mentioned before he doesn't want to coach forever. Um, and I think with everything that's happened, not only last year, but the last couple or few years, I think he's had it. And I think he just wants out of the organization. Yeah. I mean, he's going to test the market, but yeah, go ahead, Gabby. I also want to say that I hope that like his impending departure is not going to affect him, his coaching this season or um, like the culture in the clubhouse. Like I would hate to see that happen. Um, I don't want to see any extra negativity because of that. The interesting thing to me will be number one, how are we doing by mid June? Are we competitive? Are we not competitive? And if we're not competitive, Devers bad defender, uh, Vaughn Grissom has a nice bat from what we've heard, but his defensive numbers, not good. And he's going to be the second baseman. And then Casas, not a good year. So when he's getting, when Cora's getting questions game after game about the bad defense, then how candid is he going to be? Lori. Well, and I'll defer to Kayla because I think you had your, you were kind of trying to jump in there a little bit. 
Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I was going to say, um, going off of what Gabby was saying, I think like the beat writers have already tried to make like a story out of it this year of what is going to happen with Cora. And he's already said, like, I don't want that to be the focus. And, you know, that, that's not good for the, the clubhouse or the culture anyways, is having that be the focus of the season. You know, what's going to happen with our manager. So. Or- yeah. And I think that um, I think frustrations for him are rising just because the front office doesn't seem to be listening to him. He's trying to tell them, I need this. I want that. And they've got with this other vision, whatever, that they don't care to share with anybody so we can all know what's going on. And uh, it's he probably just feels completely helpless. I mean, we keep going back to the island of misfit toys for for people and I'd rather just get those important pieces so he feels like he's got a good structured team to work with all throughout the year. And that that would lend positivity to the the clubhouse, to the coaching, it, it even just to us as the fan base. So that we at least like all be like, okay, let's let's try to go ahead and do this. If you go back to 2021 when he was rehired. He was probably just happy to be back. I mean, we've we've talked about Trevor Bauer just not even being able to get his foot in the door. For Cora, he was able to. And it probably helped that A.J. Hinch got hired as well um, before even he did. But, man, if he could have, if he had that crystal ball and could have looked ahead and thought, man, that that's what they're going to give me every year. I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to have to be juggling. The worst pitching I've ever seen, the worst defense I've ever seen. I'm not an Alex Cora guy either, but it could be worse. I mean, I'm a John Farrell survivor, and the next guy is just going to be a yes man for Breslow in the analytics department. You know Cora is going to do his own thing, but Kayla, go ahead. Um, so just for comparison, I don't know if anybody else follows basketball or not, but I will say what the Red Sox needs is a Brad Stevens in the front office. Brad Stevens for the Celtics knows how to, to get the players that they need. So I think they need to recruit somebody like him or maybe recruit Brad Stevens himself. Well, I mean, that was a big topic, you know, Cora going to the front office, not popular in our war room, but you know, it gets definitely brought up but gabby go ahead i honestly i don't think it's a matter of not being able to sign people i think they're just choosing not to i think they're trying to allocate their funds elsewhere with other teams and um i think the red Sox just are put on the back burner for now and maybe they're hoping and this is just pure speculation i don't know but um i think maybe they're hoping that these other teams will start generating revenue and then the Red Sox will be a comeback team. I don't know. Lori. Well, can we also just be glad that Dave Bush is gone? Is, are we all happy about that? Cause yeah. I, I saw a party that day. I said, you know, ding dong, the witch is dead. Let's move on. This is phenomenal. Yeah. You know, it seems like the Red Sox are really banking on Andrew Bailey. I think that's a part of why they're kind of standing pat. They're like, if he can just get a little bit more out of Crawford, 
if he can get Hulk through the order the third time through, suddenly, I mean, if those two things happen, then, you know, with Giolito, Bayo, you're going to have a pretty formidable rotation. But go ahead, Lori. If we could just sign Montgomery, which makes the most sense in all the world, um, then I, I don't ever want to see Whitlock be a starter. Can we just please put him back in the bullpen or as a closer or anything like that? Because he doesn't do well. Why have we not learned this? Didn't we pick up anything from last year? He doesn't do well as a starter. I think Hauk has owned his, you know, he's earned his keep. I, I would be okay with him. But please just let's not do that to poor Whitlock. He breaks easy, you know, and he gave a comment at some point. I think it was in January. They hadn't reported yet where he said he was two winters ago. He was working out with Avaldi, and Avaldi is a psychopath. I mean, he just pushes himself to the limits and Whitlock ended up, you know, hurting himself. And I forget who it was last winter. It might have been Chris Sale. And even his routine was too intense for Whitlock. So he said this year he's bulked up a little and he's trying to, you know, go at his own pace. And he thinks that's what's going to, you know, lead to better health. But I don't believe it. I'm not sold. I think he I agree with you in that, you know, he should just stay in the pen. But um, either Lori or Kayla. Well, I'm, I'm also glad that. Sailor's gone. Oh, yeah. He, he could not stay healthy to save his life. And that might be controversial to say, but I I mean, his his workout was too intense for Whitlock. What what in the world was Sale doing and how did he not break while doing these workouts? That's what I want to know. Or let's go with Kayla. She was up next. Lori, you stole my thought. That was my exact thought. I was I was happy the day that sale was gone, too. I mean, not that I'm appreciative of, you know, his time here, but, I mean, it, it, enough was enough. He was just always hurt. He couldn't depend on him, like, you know, and, and, and the poor guy was just getting beaten down by the fans. It's like nobody deserves that. So, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he has a, you know, you know, rejuvenates himself in, in, in Atlanta, but – yeah. He had four strikeouts today and Atlanta fans were like, yeah, I'm like, well, give it, you know, give it till late May and see where he's at. Gabby. I was going to comment on the Chris Sale thing too. I was glad to see him leave because I really do feel like he just needed a change. I feel like Boston was not doing it for him anymore. Um, but I have a feeling that he's going to do really well in Atlanta. And I think we're all going to be kicking ourselves, but he, he wouldn't have gotten to that point in Boston. I think he just really needed something new. There's no pressure in Atlanta because he's their number four and that's all he needs to be in Boston. He had to be the number one or the number two and it just wasn't realistic. But Kayla. Um, I don't know. Did you guys hear uh, that quote that he had where he said Boston, it was the best of the you know days of his life and like the worst days of his life. I don't know how, if you guys heard that, but how do you feel about him saying that? I thought it was fair. You know, it wasn't like David Price going off about, you know, it's all us and not about him. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that was a fair statement because I don't think he was always terrible, um, just kind of towards the end of it. Lord. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's fair. I mean, he got a World Series. I mean, he pitched that last inning, and uh, that had to be an, a tremendous moment for him. But, I, you know, he can't ride a bike. So, I, I mean, I would imagine that it is a very balanced, you know, uh, uh, experience that he's had. Like, it's been great, and it sucked. And it's that's just the way it is. I think it's fair. No, it's terrible luck, though. It's it's the bike. It's the the comebacker that broke his finger. I mean, this guy, he just could not catch a break. I mean, you can't help but feel bad for him a little bit. Yeah, no, that was his problem. He couldn't catch the break, and so that was the that was the problem. <laughs> the the brakes kept catching him. Um, nobody remembers this because it it was in Chicago, but I want to say around 2013, 2014 during spring training, he was home and he had just stepped off the back. He was standing like on the back bumper of his truck, getting something situated and he just kind of hopped down and that's what two feet maybe. And he broke his ankle. (laughs) So he's even been that way his, his whole career really. Kayla. I actually had a, uh, a roommate in college and she was on my soccer team and she broke her, her foot the same exact way, like two weeks before we moved in. She couldn't play her our first, uh, our freshman year, oh. jump right off the back of her truck and wasn't a high jump or anything. Just hop off and broke her foot. I've never broken anything in my life. I've like pulled muscles and sprained my ankle, I guess, but it's just crazy how some people are are prone to stuff so here's a good one um kind of near and dear to my heart but uh gabby is jaron duran touchable or untouchable in a trade he's probably touchable but it would break my heart because i really do love him and Side note, um, I was at the game at Fenway. It was my first time at Fenway um, where the Blue Jays absolutely destroyed us. Um, So you're welcome. I was probably the bad luck charm for that. Um, But they were booing him so bad, and I felt so bad because I'm like, he's just a baby. (laughs) But honestly, he really did, like, pull through last year, and he really had a great uh, season before he got hurt. Um, so I would really like him to stay with us, but I mean, look at all the moves they're doing. I would not be surprised if they traded him. Was that the game where he lost the ball in the lights or no? Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. That had to have been it. Schwarber did the same thing in his defense or no, no, it was Arroyo rather. Um, just completely well, Arroyo lost was it. terrible too. He was awful. Yeah. I won't miss him either. No, I think he's with the Brewers now, but go ahead, Lori. I, yeah, I, I, it would break my heart. I, he, he had such a good gear last year, and he really proved himself in terms of his wheels and his speed, and it was just and the the base stealing, it was great. Um, so yeah, I, I don't want to see him go anywhere, but he probably will be, and they'll just leave Bobby Dahlbeck, and I'll have no consolation, and I'll just be sad all the time because I'll still have Bobby. But um, I think just to be fair in terms of the bad luck charms, didn't you and Charlie, didn't both games that you went to, 
didn't you guys lose? Like the, the, we lost both games that you guys attended. I said you couldn't attend anymore. Charlie was with me actually in the first game um, and Evaldi got lit up and it is what it is. But two weeks later in the one game wild card, it was the same exact matchup of Evaldi versus Cole. And so at least at least they lost the right game, you know, because if, if they lost that one, it would have been way worse. And then the next night I was there with my friend uh, Andy. Shout out to him. He uh, he's in one of my Facebook groups, but um, but yeah, I think that was when Darwin's in gave up the grand slam to Stanton. And then we had to sing sweet Caroline right after it was, uh, yeah, it was adorable as Charlie would say. Um, yeah. So go ahead, Lori. I'm glad Darwin's in is gone as well. Oh my goodness. He just, he was a hot mess. He was too young, too wild, had no, uh, control over the pitches. And I just, from the from the jump, I, I just had a bad vibe that it was just not going to work out. And he had a lot of hype coming up. You know, there was a lot of hype behind him, and it just it just didn't work. Like Kayla, what are, what are your thoughts on Duran? Yeah, I don't think he's untouchable. Um, I mean, he's definitely exciting uh, to watch him. You know, turn singles into doubles and triples because you know. Not many people can do that, but I don't think he's untouchable. I would, I, I agree. I would be sad to see him go for maybe a second, but then I'd get over it because the next young kid with wheels is going to come up or will pick him up somewhere. You know, I, I don't think that that makes him being fat. Him being fast doesn't make him untouchable or anything. Yeah, I mean, he just he had good, you know, bat to ball last year. You know, he was hitting for good contact, not so much for power. But for me, it's like, what if we traded Jacoby Ellsbury in 2007 or 8, and then we missed out on all of that? You know, he was so good for us. Stole home against the Yankees. I just, man, I, I'd hate to look back and be like, man, we had him, and he was showing us what it could be. And, yeah, so, Gabby, go ahead. And he's definitely been putting in the work this offseason. Like, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram at all, but I follow him. And he is jacked, and I can't wait to watch him play like in a real game. So is Tyler O'Neill too. Um, apparently, he's they don't have weights heavy enough. Apparently, in the uh, in the facility down there, but where he gets injured all the time. If you think about fifty first dates, uh, Drew Barrymore's brother. Uh, I forget his character name. It's Sean Astin, but. If O'Neill plays less than 80 games, I'm telling my kids that he was he was in 50 first dates and that's who that's who Tyler O'Neill was. Lori. Did you know that his I th- believe his father was Mr. Canada and uh, O'Neill's claim to fame is that he only has like 3% body fat, which is like what? It just makes your brain skip a beat. Yeah, I mean Gabe Gabe Kapler was, you know, built like a Marvel character, but you know, not it just never really translated, you know, in terms of offense. His name, his name was Doug. I looked it up. His name was Doug. Okay. Doug, right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any more uh thoughts, Kayla, or no? No, no. Who do you guys think is going to win the division? Three teams could. 
The Orioles not traded. Us. <laughs> not us, yeah. The Orioles <laughs> traded for Corbin Burns, so that's going to be really interesting. But it really pains me to say this, but I feel like the Yankees are going to make a good run. That is painful, but probably could be accurate. I mean, if I mean, what have the Rays done? I haven't heard boo about the Rays all offseason. The Orioles were trading away pieces. Blue Jays can never seem to get it done. I mean, they got Justin Turner, which, I mean, good for them. But, I mean, other than that, we haven't done anything. So, that just leaves the Yankees. Kayla. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's between the, the Orioles and the Yankees. But I just don't trust that all of those players in the Yankees are going to stay healthy. And, I mean, it came out that Judge has that lingering toe issue, too, who knows what's going to happen if that's going to keep him out this year or not but i just i just don't trust that all of those players that the yankees got are going to stay healthy to me with the yankees the the x factor is carlos rodon if he goes into that rotation and finally gives you a healthy year cole is going to be nasty we know that i don't know if he'll win the cy young two years in a row nestor cortez i think is healthy and they might get Blake Snell. So <laughs> it's uh, it's looking kind of scary. And I, I think that line, Alex Verdugo is going to have a great year. And he'll probably have his act together. I think Yankees fans are really going to like him. And uh, they got that short porch. He could, he might hit 30 home runs in that stadium. Who knows? But, but it's hard. And then Soto, not looking forward to it. Lori? I think Verdugo is enough of a head case to play when, and when he plays pissed, he's going to play well. And uh, I think that that's going to be a, a terrible bounce back for us. You know, he's going to, he's going to have that revenge body that, uh, that chicks try to get when the guy breaks up with them. And uh, he's going to be strutting that around, I think on us. And it's going to get ugly. I do. I do think that, um, you know, the the whole idea of everybody staying healthy on the Yankees, it'll if it, if that happens, then they've had a miracle year, um, for sure. Um, if they do get Blake Snell, yeah, that definitely increases the the chances. But I feel like the Orioles are going to be sneaky good, and I I don't want to sleep on them. I think they they could easily win another hundred games, but who do you think is going to be Kayla? I, I agree. I think the Orioles are going to be, you know, good and sneaky, and they're. I think they're going to take it. Yeah, and they lost. I think it's Bradish is going to miss a lot of time. I don't know if it's the full season or not, but so I don't know if they're going to try to sneak in one more pitcher or not. But but it's going to be fun, and I think Justin Turner to the Blue Jays. That lineup has needed like some secret sauce and it might be him. He might be the spark that finally gets that offense going on all cylinders and they have the pitching. So it's hard. They like Gabby said, I mean, they they always underachieve. So, you know, you got to see it before we can believe it. Lori. I am I the only one of us that. I'm so sad Justin Turner's gone. He was such a leader 
last year. And I'm glad to see that it seems like Rafi is stepping into that role for him to be able to speak out was a really big deal. I felt because he's been so reticent to do it before now. Um, but I, I just, there was something about Justin Turner that just, he, he was such a dirt dog and I just loved that about him. And I'm really, I'm really going to miss that. The Red Sox never even gave him an offer, but Kayla. Yeah, I, I, I was sad that, that he was gone because he was a good, you know, a leader in the clubhouse. Like he had a good presence about him, but I do think that it is a good sign that Rafi, you know, speak up because, you know, last year he got that, that big contract and it was kind of expected of him to be the leader of the team, the face of the team. And I just don't really feel like he filled that role last year and, and, him speaking out this year, I feel like is a, is a positive sign. And you know what? I want him to get mad and I want him to call out the front office and say, you know, this is right. We, you know, we need help. We need players. This is what we need because if he's going to be the leader, he has to speak up. He's got to lead. Gabby. Uh, going back to Justin Turner. Um, I was very sad to see him leave, but not surprised because I know that the Red Sox did not offer him anything. And even if they did, why would he want to stay um, I feel like he was definitely the piece that we needed last year and probably could have used this year as well. Um, but I, I, I think he's a very um, like overall, like a wholesome person. Um, and it kind of like, not that they're like super similar, but it kind of like reminded me of Brock Holt because Brock Holt, I feel like was also very wholesome, very involved with the community and stuff like that. Um, so very sad to see both of them leave. Um, touching back to Rafi, um, I listened to his interview and he doesn't sound like super confident as a leader of the clubhouse. I mean, at this point, he's probably been there the longest, right? At this point, he has or pretty close. Yeah. So, I mean, it just makes sense that he goes into that role, but I'm not sure why he doesn't want to fulfill that position because A, he's been there the longest, B, he's got the only contract at this point that lasts more than two years. Um, but I also wonder if some of it is like the language barrier too, if that is a factor, like maybe he's not super confident because he can't communicate fluently with everyone. I'm not really sure. Kayla. Um, so Gabby, you brought up some really good points and I definitely agree with the, um, you know, the part about Rafi and um, the communication aspects. But part of me wonders, like, does he actually want to fill that role as the leader? Like, because he hasn't stepped up to that at this point, like, does he even actually, like, want to be that person, you know, that outspoken leader? Lori. Side note, I, I miss Brock. I'm just going to say that that's my side note. But in terms of Rafi stepping into leadership, I for him to come out and say what he said, um, yeah, he's got a, a a ten year contract and he's here for a while and and he's coming into his uh, power years, um, uh, so hopefully he'll do well for us. But I I think that um, with Justin Turner gone, he's kind of saying, okay, I guess there's nobody for me to hide behind anymore, because he's really the the cornerstone of the team at this point and so he's 
I think he it's I think he's realizing that. And I think that um, his comments about his frustrations with the front office reflect that. And I, I think it, it, I'm going to look forward to seeing him stepping into that more and more because I think we're we're getting a glimpse of what the year could potentially be. I, I think with Rafi, I mean, he has been here a while, as Gabby pointed out. And I think he's just getting more pissed off and more pissed off. And it's just natural. Like it's, it's almost, you know, it's just reactionary at this point. Like he just can't help himself. And I I think the longer we have these underwhelming rosters, I think he's just going to get more vocal. Go ahead, Lori. Well, and didn't, didn't they promise him that they were going to build the team around him? And, I mean, it's not happening. So this is the second, you know, I mean, yeah, okay, it's only the first signing, the first year after the signing, but really kind of technically the second, and yet there's still no team being built around him. So he's got to feel like, wait a minute, did you just bait and switch me? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people... Red Sox are trying to give you the impression that they're in this rebuild. But if you go back to 2022, I mean, they spent big on story. They brought in Waka. They brought in Hill. They That wasn't a rebuild year. They were trying to compete, whether they admit it or not. And then last year, you you don't add $16 million for Jansen, $8 million for Martin. And if you're in a rebuild, you don't put that unprecedented amount of money into your bullpen. So it's just... They, it's just dumb. But Kayla, go ahead. Yeah, and I, I wonder too. Well, he has to be, but um, part of his frustration, you know, is is the fact that he doesn't know what direction this team is even going in because they're not adding those pieces. You know, we don't even know this team. I don't even think this team has an identity. Like, we don't even know who they are or anything like that. So that has to be frustrating as well. Right. There's no there's no real star power. I mean, this year they they'll have a chance to do it if Grissom becomes the bat we want him to be, if Casas basically just picks up where he left off and gives you a full consistent season. You got Devers. I think Yoshida is probably going to have a better year. So it could look sexier at the end, you know, if the pitching can can hold up, but Gabby so my question is, if Devers isn't your leader, who is? It's hard. I mean, Trevor Story is the next more tenured veteran, and he's going to be there a while because he's got four years left. I don't even really count him. That sounds so <laughs> terrible. I just like I, I feel like he really wasn't there enough last year for me to be like, yeah, like he's our guy. Like, no, he's not. It sounds bad because it is bad, <laughs> but. Lori, go ahead. Would it fall to either Casas or, and this is going to sound odd, but Hauk? I mean, I feel like Hauk got a little bit of that leadership spirit in him. Um, but and but Casas doesn't strike me as a type that could step into that role either. But he's been full of surprises from day one. So who knows where he could go with anything? I feel like Casas is like slowly becoming a fan favorite. I've like seen a lot of talk about him like on social media. My concern is that 
he's still very new. And I feel like putting that kind of pressure on him would be way too much. But he seems like an old soul. Like, you know, so, I mean, you, you bring up a good point, but I just feel like he's, he's a dark horse. You know what I mean? Like he just, he's full of surprises. And so if he did step into it, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. It just feels like he hasn't figured himself out yet. You know, he's always changing his image. You know, the fingernails thing, you know, polishing them was a little controversial and apparently might have rubbed. Well, actually, I don't think that rubbed uh, his teammates the wrong way, but he was annoying guys like JD and I think Matt Barnes with some of his, you know, unconventional antics and all that. Uh, so I, I think Casas is trying to figure himself out. And I was brutal with Casas last year on the podcast, on social media. And despite all of that, he's still untouchable to me. And he was at that point. Um, he's going to be a cornerstone guy, whether he's a leader or not. He will be a cornerstone guy. Um, my only concern is he did have some injuries in the minors that hasn't really cropped up yet at the big league club. He is a naturally big guy. So, I mean, you see guys like judge and Stanton, you know, are prone to injuries. So perhaps Casas could be, you know, in, in that, in that realm. But, um, but still, I just, I just think he's going to be too big of a, um, part of our future. And we've been screaming from the mountaintops, every single one of us on the podcast, get that extension done doesn't sound like it's gonna but but hopefully hopefully by the end of next winter that's like he's gonna have all the leverage after next winter if if the team doesn't get it done yeah i mean i think there's oh sorry it's okay no it's okay go ahead oh i was just gonna say i feel like the longer they wait and drag it out the more money he's going to ask for um and i feel like they really um you know, kick themselves with the Devers contract because they waited as long as possible and instead of getting it done early. And yeah, I just, I feel like it's going to be Devers 2.0. Yeah, that's, that was my, that was going to be my point. I'd like to get Cassis locked up and Bayo locked up. If, if, if we can just get them locked in, I would feel a whole lot better because it, it could be the whole Dev- Devers situation all over again. Bayo, it sounds like they're close on him. Um, I haven't seen anything in the last few days, but it sounded like there was a lot more momentum behind him. But Kayla, go ahead. Oh, she might have uh, might be frozen. But uh, I think we're we're just past. Uh, oh, here she is again. But Kayla, do you have any thoughts? I actually completely forgot what my thoughts were because my internet has been so wonky. Well, we were just kind of talking about Casas and all of them. Um. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think Casas or Hauk could be. Um, you know, if it's not Devers as a leader, those are two good choices as, you know, the next, um, you know, choices for leaders. 
I would lean more towards Hauk. I don't know. I just feel like he has a little bit more of that that grit to him. Um, but either or, I feel like could fill that role. Yeah, the thing with with Hauk that I've always loved, and I'm one of the few guys on the crew that does want to see him have one last chance as a starter. But he's just so calm in the moment. Like Whitlock, you can see the stress. Like it's coming off of him and Bogarts would have to come in and kind of calm him down a little bit. With Hauk, it might not be going well, but he's calm out there and he's not getting rattled. And I like that, you know, and that that does kind of give leadership vibes going forward. And I mean, who who else is it going to be? I mean, Bayo, I think, is going to be an outspoken guy. So maybe perhaps, you know, he could he could fit that, you know. But Giolito's short term, there's no one real long term that I think could be a voice there. Gabby? So if you would put Casas in the leadership role, would you also consider someone like Jaron Duran? Because I think I think he could do it. If, if we were to like keep him and not trade him away, like do you think he has what it takes to fill that position? Not yet, because uh, he's in survival mode. He's doing everything he can do to try to force them to put him into that lineup. And Alex Cora did say he thinks Duran is going to be the leadoff guy. So that's a big endorsement. So I just feel like he needs one more season of close to what he did last year. And then at that point, who knows? The sky's the limit. Lori. I think he's also someone who needs to figure out exactly who he is. I think he he needs a little bit more um, maturity and, um, yeah, understanding of, of exactly who he is in the MLB. Um, I just want to see more stability with that before he would be put in that kind of a position. Yeah, I mean... He's my favorite player to watch, other than Devers. I mean, if I'm going to wear a jersey, it's probably Devers. But aside from that, I want to... Jaron Duran coming to the plate is, like, the most exciting thing to me. I'm like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? Are there guys on? Is, or are they going to move him? Is he going to hit a short blooper into right field and get a double out of it? Like, is he going to just draw a walk, maybe, and then just steal the bag just at will? Like, there's just so many ways Durant can affect the game. Kayla, did you have your hand up? I think her internet is just, uh, oh, here she is again. We were just talking about Durant. Did you have any thoughts, Kayla? Um, yeah, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, I don't think right now he would be um good for like leadership role because I feel like he's in like a prove it kind of like mode like he's trying to prove himself to the fans and to everybody that you know he does belong and he you know deserves it so I think like right now wouldn't be a good time maybe in the future once he you know like you guys said figures himself out he might you know be a good fit for that if he stayed with us Hopefully. I, I think at this point, if if he was going to be traded, he would have been. 
and I think he's safe until July or so, and then, you know, he, he might be fair game again for a trade, but we are at an hour and seven minutes. It goes fast. So, <laughs> so, uh, any final thoughts before we do wrap? Lori? I'm, I'm just grateful that you guys are willing to do this, even on an annual basis. It's just refreshing to be able to hear things from the female perspective when it comes to, to Red Sox Nation stuff. So thank you guys for doing this. We don't have openings that often on the crew, as you guys know. But every time we we cast the wide net, I usually have a short list. And then everybody on the short list usually tells me no for one reason or another. <laughs> so very highly rejected there. Micah was the first one ever to to say yes. Uh, there were two females, though, in front of him that I did reach out to because that's something I covet. I want to have a diverse crew. I want it to be universally appealing to everyone. and But none of them ever pop up in the process. So, you know, it just it is what it is. Not for lack of trying. I mean, I'm totally, totally open to it. But yeah, Gabby, final thoughts? I, I mean, maybe not a final thought. This might take a minute. But I am I the only one who is just, I, I haven't been able to fully jump on the Devers bandwagon. Like, I feel like he's been such a head case since he came up. And I feel like he's inconsistent. And I get so stressed when he comes up the plate because I'm like, what are we going to get from him this time? I don't know. Um, but I just, I feel like everybody's so gung ho about him. And I just, I, I, I missed the memo, I guess. I don't know. He, ever since Mookie left, he just hasn't had, you know, he needs a, and I guess Mookie wouldn't be the best example because he was hitting in front of Devers, but he just hasn't had that right-handed bat. He had Martinez for a little while, but if the pitcher isn't afraid of the guy coming after Devers, Devers isn't going to get anything to hit. He, you know, they're going to, they're going to nitpick the out, outer parts of the zone. And, and then the one drawback to Devers we've seen in the last year, year and a half is he tries to do too much at the plate. He just needs to simplify it. Just drive the ball. It doesn't have to go over the fence and, so hopefully he settles into that. But he, I, I'm confident that at some point before the end of his contract, which runs for, I think, another 10 years, he'll win an MVP. I really believe that. I hope you're right, because I think it would be a huge waste if he did. <laughs> yeah. He, he's always, uh, you know, right around... He's in the eight to ten range on the MVP list every year, so he just just needs that breakout season. But he needs the right guys around him as well. So yeah, I feel like he really needs like a, a spark underneath him. I mean, I, that's the thing. I feel like the team really hasn't had like a big spark. Like think about like back when like Ben Attendee, Mookie, you know, all those guys were in the outfield and they were just like loving the game. And you know, you don't really see that anymore. Like you don't see that same energy. You know, I thought wind dance repeat was the dumbest thing. I'm like, I'd roll my eyes. And now I'm like, man, it really wasn't that bad <laughs> compared to what I mean, you're looking it was, at. It was, 
It was the bonding. Like, what do they do for like team bonding anymore? Yeah. You know, like they, they don't click, they don't mesh. It's almost like they don't even like each other. They're just playing in sequence. Yeah. Lori's going nuts. You can go nuts off mute if you want. I, uh, all the yeses. I loved, loved, loved when Dancer Pete because it was the love of the game. They were just happy playing. And nothing brings a fan more joy than to see that in their players. And and I can't believe. Well, I actually, I guess it doesn't surprise me that you didn't like it because you're a grump and you don't like that kind of stuff. So there you go. Yeah, I'm a purist, I guess. But um, De- Dennis Eckersley follows me, but he's only liked one tweet ever, and it was. In late 2017, we were going to get Martinez or we were going to get Stanton. Stanton was complicated because it would have been via a trade. Martinez, we could sign straight up for money. And there was some momentum behind Stanton for a little while. And I tweeted out just randomly. I said, I said, when Dancer Pete's going to look pretty goofy if Stanton's in it. Because, you know, he's like three feet taller than all of our outfielders. And that was the one tweet Eckersley liked. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah. All right. So we are going to, we, I get the feeling we could talk baseball all night, but, um, but we are going to wrap hour and 13 minutes now. So we are patiently waiting for the Jordan Montgomery verdict. It might not be until five years from now. That's what it feels like, but uh, we're waiting for it. If anything develops, we'll be back, I would say, no later than Sunday anyway. So hopefully everybody's having a good week. Hopefully everybody enjoyed this uh, winter's ladies' night episode. Uh, Have a great weekend. Take care.